Praise the Lord. How you guys feeling today? Huh? I heard. Keep coming. I'm not a joke teller. So I'm not going to spend a few minutes telling jokes. I just want to hear how you are doing. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing great. Jeremy got a nice buck yesterday. Because he heard that there were some problems in this church with deers hitting cars. We can put up with that in this church. We will protect you at all measures. Kirk, uh, Sarah, who else? Who else had any close encounters with the deer this year? There are bad, bad, bad out there this year. So us hunters, there's a good group of us here. We're going to do our best part to eradicate those little swamp donkeys. All right? Promise you. The big ones are swamp donkeys. And Jeremy got in the big one. Didn't he? So let's get political here. All right? We're a church that loves to delve into the political arena. If my brother's here. He'd be crying uh, on his way up here. But... Tuesday is our day as Christians to do what is right. We live in one of the best countries out there, seriously. We are truly democratic. There's a lot of countries out there that are not. There's a lot that say they are that are not. So really, before you go in there and you vote, and I hope that you all will take that, that right serious and take it upon yourself to do it, and they offer you so many different avenues to vote, to do it. But to do so, really pray about that. Pray about, and this week if you haven't, just do a little research. It doesn't have to be extensive, but research out the best candidates. Because we can continue to be blessed as a nation if we continue to do what's right in the voting booths. Seriously. Because I hear a lot of complaining. Not, not here. I hear a lot of complaining where I work over guys that are saying, well, this, that, about different politicians. I'm like, well, did you vote? No. Well, then stop complaining. Because you don't have a right to complain if you didn't go out and do your part. Amen. All right? I might get back to that in a little bit. But first, I just, do you guys know that you're a part of greatness here? I'm being so serious that this church and me and my wife, God, I, I was, I think it was Thursday, I was still trying to download from God because I'm speaking tomorrow night at the School of Supernatural Ministry and I've had a burning message for you guys for a while. So who's part of that? And I thought, well, should I steal some of that for this day? And I'm like, then it just wasn't right. They're on a different level than the rest of us here when it comes to certain things they can, they can chew on. And I'm just being serious. But for God laid upon my heart, he's like, do you realize the greatness of your, your house? The greatness of this house, specifically this house. Is there anybody here that's your first time? Awesome. I don't have to do a lot of explaining how great we are and, and why, but... You guys are truly, truly blessed to be in this house. Amen. We started about 16 years ago. It was 14 for about three years in a row, wasn't it, Pastor? <laughs> I remember whether it was my father, me, or Aaron, it just seemed like we were at that 14-year mark for about three years to be up here preaching. We're like, we've been in church for 14 years. My wife said, it's 15. Then it went to 16, and we were still saying 14, so I think it's about 17 now. Am I close? I don't know. Long time. But... We've had, we've been so privileged, so privileged, truly, and it starts with, with my grandfather, my father's father, uh, Dorsey Simmons, who, our family's just, God has had favor 
over our family. Don't, and you, you, you take this message two ways today. You can either receive or you can be jealous. Alright. So now we receive? Alright. But our, our lineage has been blessed and favored, highly favored. My brother Aaron is, is one of the most favored guys I know. And I think, you know, he preached this message on love, joy, hope, and trust. And, and I remember specifically the message on trust. There was nobody that I know that can preach that message any more than him because he trusts in God. Amen. He always has. And I'm one of those high-strung guys that, that used to, still worries a little bit, but I used to worry about everything. Bear with me because I'm not going to keep you long, I promise. But I need to lay a foundation and it starts, this is pastor appreciation, but I don't know of how truly you know how favored this church is with the hand of God over the leadership. Amen. I'm fully submitted underneath of my brother, fully. There is nothing that I would ever do outside of what he tells me to do when it comes to this house of worship. Amen. But I do do that because I know how highly favored he truly is with the house of God that God has put underneath of him and how serious he takes his call. Come on, thank God. And so I was reviewing this week, and anybody, baseball kind of took a back seat. Yeah. The San Francisco Giants have won three World Series in the last five years. Right. But football has gotten so big that a lot of us in here, if it ain't our team, which it hasn't been in years if you're a Reds or Clevelandians fan, it hasn't been your team in the World Series for, let's just say, longer than our church has been around. <laughs> That's the truth. So, but I started looking into that. I was like, I, I watched the last game, and I watched San Francisco Giants, and I watched Madison Baumgartner, who had pitched 105, or uh, I forget how many innings, but how many pitches he threw in the World Series, and they bring him back in as a closer. Yeah, baseball fans I have. I feel like I'm preaching yeah. through the wall, but I'm gonna alright. Madison Baumgartner is 25 years old and has three rings on his hand. Yeah. 25 years old and been to three World Series. There's major leaguers that spend their whole career and never make it to that point. And this guy is 25 years old. And he not only started in one of the games in the World Series, he closed the last game. And so I started, I don't know, I'm just into sports, I'm into baseball, I'm, I'm, read, I'm listening to this on the radio and they're saying how humble this guy is, but does he know the greatness that he is and the great team he's a part of? Mm -hmm. So God started dealing with me, he says, does the people of this house know how great they are and know what part of greatness they're from? Because here's the thing, Madison Barngardner, it was an MVP. But the kid that sits in a little chair that catches the foul balls as they go foul, he gets a ring too. Some of you, I don't know if it's because you don't feel important that your job here is not important enough that, that maybe you just take out the trash. I'm telling you what, you get a ring. The blessings that come into this house flow right to you. There is nothing outside of this church that we receive or get from God that is not your inheritance too. So I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of fanning through this, this World Series and the Giants and, and how everybody was rooting for Kansas City. They were the total underdogs. They were playing baseball different than anybody else. They're the only team that would start a different pitcher from the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. You guys are just, I'm blowing you away. Right? 
Sorry I'm into this. But they played small ball. And there's nobody else. Everybody wants some teams that can hit the home run. Who wants to go to a baseball game and take your family and spend a couple hundred bucks and watch these guys steal bases and watch them bunt a guy to second and then try to get him to third and then a pop fly scores him? Nobody. There's nobody. You want to go to an upper room softball game where it gets blown wide open like a basketball score, 82 to 14. <laughs> But that's, that's what got Kansas City all the way there. But then everybody started pulling for them and rooting for them. But then the greatness just took over. The greatness of people who had been there before, a 25-year-old that had been there and been in those situations before, calm, collected, and drew with some inner strength and finished the game. Greatness achieves greatness. But first, you've got to know you're great. So let's go to the Bible. We'll make this. I'll prove it. I promise. Genesis, the 12th chapter. This is so amazing. When I started studying this out, and my gift as one of the speakers of this house is a teaching pastor. But I want to teach you something that you'll never forget. Every time I come up here, I'm like, God, let me say something that people remember and that it's just not a message that, that oh, brother, you've really struck a chord there and you know, I really felt something when you spoke. I don't, I don't care about feelings. I care about change. Because you are great and you're part of greatness. So Genesis chapter 12, this is the Lord speaking to Abram. And that's just one through three here. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And I thought it was, you know, I preached this message on this, this chapter before. Because when you're a part of something, you've got to separate yourself from something before you can see how great you are. Amen. Abram was here. He's with his family. He's comfortable. He's, he's a man of wealth. He's got a lot going on. But God's wanting to separate the pack. And he sees a guy that is faithful. Because he relied on everything God said, he believed. Father Abraham. So he says, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Most of you are like, show me and then I will go. Come on. Amen. <laughs> I love you first off. But I'm speaking to me too. Come on. It's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. I was looking at something and I was, I was going to use a part of today's message, but then I decided not to. The girl from Harvard did a study on the 10 things when people got to their deathbeds of things they wish they would have done differently. And the number five on that list was to do change more often. Amen. Number five was change. Change is good. But I still feel in this house there's some of you that is just resistant to change. But change is good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but the methods definitely change. We don't have to wait by the pool of Bethesda, like Aaron's message just a week ago. He said, hey, arise. What do you, what do you need? I need a healing. But every, I've been here for 38 years. 38 years. And every time somebody beats me to the pool and the angels stir the water, and God says, arise and walk. I forget why I went there, but okay. <laughs> I will make you a great nation. Abraham said, I'm on board. 
God, you don't have to say anything else. I like hearing great. Come on. Great is your name and greatly to be praised. Yeah, yeah. I will make you a great nation. Abraham said, I'm on board. I will bless you and make your name great. If you haven't figured it out yet, there's a theme called greatness here going on. Amen. You are great, and this house is a great place to be in. You are great, and this house has favor, and it's going to be blessed. Those who curse us can't curse us because God says, I got something better for you. I've called you and you've made a, a pact with me that you're going to go after the, the hurt. You're going to go after the loss. And you've got compassion that stirs with inside you that you can't sit still. Amen. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in all in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yes. But I'm not Jewish. Abraham was. He was a father. He was the father of the Jewish. Yes. You guys have no clue, do you? Let's go to Galatians. So I'm going to wrap this in with you. Galatians, the third chapter. Say, I am great. You can't tell I'm kind of jacked up. I am. I feel like. God is saying, you are great, Matt. You are great, and what you're doing is great. And uh, Scott Thompson told my brother, and this is just something, this is just pumping myself up. Is that right? Yeah. He says, Aaron, he's like, your brother is awesome. He said, you could build a church just with that guy. <laughs> and now he's not talking about physical. He's saying you could build a church around that guy. What's different about me that's different from you? You're just as great as me. I struggle with things. I do. I struggle with a lot of things, but I go to the Word anytime I start to struggle and anytime I start to sway, anytime I start to feel depressed, I go to God's Word and I'm like, God, what are you speaking? Amen. I get with my wife and this is what I did for this message. I said, like, what are some of the words that's been spoken over our church just since we've been in this building? Amen. You're getting ready to get blown away. So hold on to your seat. You might want an edge seat. Some of you that haven't been stirred by now. <laughs> so Galatians, the third chapter, and I'm going to read 6 through 9, and then I'm going to jump down to 15, but I'm going to read this all, okay? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, therefore he knew that those who are of faith are of sons of Abraham. I don't know about you, but I, I serve underneath a pastor who has great faith. Great faith. Him and his wife, they're, yeah, that's they're faithful. Yeah. This is the month. I'm sorry I'm, I'm going here, but it's we are serving under greatness. Yeah. And some of you can be jealous of that, or some of you can receive like me and be proud of that. Yeah. That I'm just a part of this. Yeah. I bet the kids catching the foul balls were like, yeah, go bomb gardener. Hunter pistol, catch that ball. And it's like, maybe one of them kids never caught a ball, but guess what they get on their hand? Yeah. That's all that it is. Kirk was here. We were here working on the church. I think we were building that cross. And he says, isn't it worth it, man? And I'm all caught up in business. And I said, what is it, Kirk? What is it that it's worth it? Just, he says, the things you've done with John, man, if that's the only one that you ever went to God that comes back from what the work that you did, isn't it worth it? 
man, he just humbled me in an instant. And I said, yes, that's our rings. It's the people that we influence that get rock solid that come into church. Yeah. Yeah. Kent, I'm going to brag on you just for a minute. Kent is my wife's father. My beautiful wife, Amy, her dad, Kent. For years we come to church. For years. And we never really talked a whole lot to Kent about church. We're under that mindset. If he wants to know, you know, he's, he'll ask us. He'll definitely ask us. And we won't hide it. We, if he asks us to do something on this day, no, we can't. We got church. But one day, God laid on my heart and said to my wife, I said, let's invite him over for supper. And as I preach the rest of this message, let this sink in that hopefully there's something stirring in you that there's somebody other than you that God is laying on your heart through this message because you are great and you're part of greatness. Amen. And I said, let's invite him over. And I had read a book by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life about a year before he even come over. But God laid it on my heart and said, this is going to be an opportunity for you to give him that book. <laughs> so we invited Ken over and he comes over. And uh, give him that book. And the next thing you know, was, there was no big, long conversation. I'm saying you're assuming you're going to heaven. It was just, we love you. And here's a book God laid on my heart to give you. The next thing you know, within the next couple months, he's, he's talking, coming over more and asking about the Bible. And he's like, he didn't know a lot about the Bible. And I'm not making fun, but he's like, you know, I read Matthew and then I read Luke. And I'm reading John and it's just repeating itself over and over and over again. <laughs> it's cute. But now look at it. Just a couple weeks ago, he's up here praying over people. Because God put him on our heart. Our minds said he'll never come to church. But maybe before he dies, we can get him to accept Christ. Our minds never said he'll be up here laying hands on people. My mind said he would never be that fallback catcher that is over here filling the baptismal without being asked and tearing it down without being asked. That, my friend, deserves a ring. Yeah. With nobody telling him a tool, an instrument of our outward expression, what's going on inside us when we get baptized in the water, guess what? Somebody has to set that up. Wouldn't it look funny if the Giants came out with no uniforms or just their T-shirts and no numbers? Those people that put their uniforms in their locker every day, they get a ring. Sorry if I feel really passionate about this. This is who I am. So that the people are faith, are sons of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify you, the Gentiles, by faith preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, and you all the nations shall be blessed. So those who are in the faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. Hello, we just walked into the Jewish people. The chosen people in the Old Testament, by our faith, we have now received the blessings of Abraham. And he says, I will make you great. Amen. This section here is feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> You're great. Yeah. You're great. Yeah. You're great. Give you another chance. You're great. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, 15 through 18. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men that it is only a man's covenant, yet if it's confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Nobody can take this away that you're great. Yeah. Nobody can take a ring away from those guys that, that went to the championship game. Nobody can take it away ever. Right. They're a part of that team and it gets written in history. Amen. 
Nobody can take away what Abraham did when he says, I accept, and now my name is not Abram, but Abraham. So today, I hope there's something stirring inside of you. We've talked about our names and what we are in Christ, and we're a different creature. But today, to you, you are great. And to your seed who is Christ, and this I say, that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no offense. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise. You don't have to worry about how what you do if you mess up. You know what? There were errors in that world series. They still got a ring. You're going to make mistakes in life, but you're still going to get a ring. Come on. You're still great because we're not under the law. We're under the promise by our faith in Abraham and God. Oh. So I want to review with you. Just This is just, we went back, it's just to the beginning of this building. Not our church. So two and a half, three years is it. I want to review of what some great men of God has come in our church and said about you and me. All right? All right. Lucas Baker. You have? Heath? Yeah. Lucas Baker. Right after my mother passed away, the future glory of this place will be greater than the former glory. Some of you are not feeling this. As Haggai 2.9 says that the former, the latter will be better than the former. Amen. I don't know about you, but I like going glory to glory to glory to glory. A couple years ago, and I'm just being honest, Ashley, if we would have had that little thing happen to us, we would have probably stopped and, you know, done our little set and been like, oh, you know, next time. No. We don't care. That's right. We had a prayer in there that says, God, we are expecting you to do this for yeah. us. Yeah. We're just instruments of you. Yeah. And we press on. Yeah. And we press on because we are we are of a higher calling. Yeah. And the, the latter glory is going to always be better than the former. Matt Rice says he sees buildings in thousands. I want you right now, I'm going to do a little activation. Think of somebody. Think of your kids. I'm thinking of one right now in my, in my family. Because it says, Aaron was talking in a little bit about unity. And it says in Acts first chapter, it talks about the unity of the church had to start with them. The unity has to start with you and I. Amen. But if you're, you're an immediate family that are lost that aren't serving God like you know they could or they should, those should be the first people you are going after. Because when we can get our families tied and strong and united, and trust me, that pew that my wife is sitting in, it couldn't get any more united. I got time to tell you the story. But they're all here. We're all here serving one God with one purpose and one plan. And we want to see not just our community, not just the region, not all this is going to happen, but we want to see our families having this fun, knowing they're part of greatness. Leanne Goff said we're at a tipping point. And I think that tipping point, we're, we're over there. Some of you still are at that tipping point. But how far are you willing to go? Come on. How far are you willing to go? 
Leif said, Leif Hetland said, you are partnering for millions of souls in the kingdom. Some of you can receive or some of you can be jealous. But I want to receive that partnership with him. Amen. That there's somebody that's going over and reaching millions of Muslims. Amen. Hundreds of thousands in one city that are accepting Jesus Christ. I probably may never ever go over there. Unless God tells me. I really don't want to. But if He tells me, I'll go. But I know there is a man that we're partnered with with Global Missions Awareness that is doing his part. Next month, he's, or actually this month, he's going with Scott Thompson. He went out and secured a million meals. Any of you do that this week? Not yet? They're going to serve 180,000 in a couple weeks to to uh, Philippines from the from the devastating devastating hurricane, typhoon, whatever you want to call it. Well, you guys are just a ball fire. <laughs> I'm just saying how it is. Tim Sheets from the Oasis Church, uh, Dutch Sheets brother says, the upper room will infiltrate the darkness. Amen. I'm just reviewing words that's in the last couple of years have been spoken over this house. And I think it needs to be refreshed in your thinking because you are great. Amen. Amen. Aaron says, this is a place of victory and risk, a home where dead things comes to life. Amen. That's our pastor's heart. But this is a place of benefit. But it takes risk. Hallelujah. Kevin Dedman says we're at a tipping point. Ain't that funny how he re reiterated that? Never even spoke to her. And he says that creativity will be released in this area leading to great inventions. Amen. Do you realize that if we're part of the Miami Valley region here in Dayton, there are more inventions in this area than all of America? Right. Did you guys realize that? There are more inventions that have been invented in this Miami Valley area than all of America. Yeah. You're part of greatness. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys' spirit could just grab this, that you are great. And this church has been destined for greatness, and you're in this church. Amen. Here's the thing is, we're winning this World Series with or without you. Amen. Some of you may be on your tipping point of saying, I don't want to come to this church anymore. I don't feel that in my spirit, but if you are, guess what? We're still going to be great. We want you. We need you. We have to have you. But we don't want just you. We want your family members that aren't here. We want, we want everybody that this is like, man, when we celebrate this greatness. And, and I'll tell you what, just was it last week those little children were out here praying over people? Aaron called in the kids before the church service was over. And man, I sit up here and I cried. And then hearing the testimonies that were going on up here, I remember Sister Linda was up here saying, this sweet little girl, Josh and Josh's little girl, said a sweet little prayer for you. And you were healed. Yeah. If that's not greatness, and the healing's still there. Listen, there is nothing more that can trump what's going on in here. I feel like though sometimes there is. I feel like sometimes that there are circumstances that trump the greatness. Listen, 
My Bible says that this is not a sprint, that this is a race. It's, an, it's for those who endure to the end. The Bible wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. But I feel like sometimes we're in that sprint mode. Like, if you're not familiar with the workout that's called Tabata. It's basically you, you do 30 seconds on of intense, crazy sprints, whatever it is, 10 seconds on. 30 seconds on, 10 seconds on. But I feel like some of us, sometimes we, we get in that sprint mode, and we sprint, and then you make us pastors, it's totally exciting. I'll just be honest. We say, look at that. Look at Michael go. It's awesome. He's doing children's ministry. He's doing the clubs. He's doing worship. He's doing this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's whoo. It's true. The World Series, there's seven games. But they could be one in, in four. It's not a sprint race. It's to those who endure. It's those who go through trials and tribulation. But there's a unity, a spirit of heaven over this, this place where there really is community going on. And the brothers and sisters... And that's where it's like the past couple of weeks, I'm just going to be very honest because I've been in, my brother confides in me, but it seems like sometimes he gets a lot of pressure because he feels like he's got to do community. He's got to do that family model to everybody in this room. And church wasn't set up to be like that. When Moses was going and leading the children of Israel out of the wilderness, his father-in-law came to him and said, Moses, you will die. You can't do this. You can't handle every argument. And that was what was going on. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of feuding, a lot of arguments. And his father says, you cannot do it. So he implemented the judges. So there were judges that could rule. There were judges that could take care of the problems ever before they got to Moses. Because he was leading them out of Israel into the promised land. We wonder why they wondered for 40 years. Think about that. We don't have any food. Let's go talk to Moses. Moses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just downloaded from God. Can't you see my face? It's shining. <laughs> yeah, we know that, but seriously, think about that. Moses got to see the face of God. His face was shining, and people still went to him with little itty-bitty problems. Yesterday we had bread, and we know it comes usually at 4, but it's 3.30. We don't even see a cloud yet. Not a problem yet, but I think it's going to be. It's Pastor Preacher. I'll turn it all out the door. It's coming. Say you love me. All right. But our pastor can't handle every little problem in this church. There needs to be a community behind him. And we got a system set up. It's called life groups. Amen. Amen. He implemented it. And he says, I want you to be in charge of it. Get in a life group. Stop calling him at 3.30 saying the bread that usually comes at 4 isn't here. Come on. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> He'll thank me later for this. <laughs> I'm taking the beat and he's not. But that's what brothers are for, brothers in the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. I'm trying to tell you, there is a system in place. Not that your problem is not important. Everybody in here has problems and have situations and have life situations. And they are so important. 
Nobody's devaluing your problems or your circumstances. But there should be a system set up that your inner circle of people who you do life with can help assist you in that. Moses couldn't handle it. They would have never got to the promised land if he, they bothered him with all of that stuff. We have capable people called life group leaders who are people who study their word, study out God, they pray, they do all these things, waiting to release it, and then two people show up to the group. Two people show up for calm that week with their problems. Remember I told you I loved you. How about you trust God and you do life with people who love God and then you get in unity and you stand on the promises of God Amen. and you look to the Almighty Savior who died on the cross for everything that you could ever face. Come on. Anything you could ever face. Because Moses was just wanting to celebrate with him. He sent out two spies. He says, what do you, he's like, oh my God, we see the promised land. Let's go send some people to take a look at this. They come back and only two had a, a good report. Just a couple weeks ago, metal dissolved in this church service. Last week, kids praying and healing's happening. Amen. And yet, before people got out those doors, they come back and worry about their, their small problems when greatness is happening. Come on. And here's where I used to be, seriously. I'm, I'm, all right, I've, I've hammered you enough. I'm going to hammer me. I used to walk out of these doors and be like, you know, like say we're in, I'm going back to baseball, is that right? So if I was the, the manager of the field, the yard keeper, whatever they want to call them, turf manager, I'd be like, man, game five just came, look at that curtain, look at that rut that, that Hunter Pence made out there. When he dove for that ball and saved that game, they, look at that. It's horrible. Who's going to help me fix that? And when the television comes on, you know, that, they're going to see that. I had this thing striped so perfect, man. Did you see the SF? It stands for San Francisco. I had it right in the grass. It was mowed perfect. And that outfielder, he didn't have to dive like he did. He could have just caught it. Jeez. I would walk out of these doors and worry about whether it was worship, whether it was a message, whether a chair's out of line or whatever, when I've just experienced greatness. I just experienced greatness and I'm still worried about the small details, the little things. Get caught up in the little things. That's number number four on the list. Mm -hmm. Come on. Oh, this is amazing. I just blew myself up. <laughs> that lady, that girl that wrote that report, number four on the list, was worrying about the little things in life. Worrying about the little things in life. When we have a Bible that says, let God handle all of our problems. Yeah. Trust in Him and see. Wait and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Jack Taylor. Papa Jack says that a shaking is coming, an awakening, and it starts in your hearts, person by person. Amen. Raise your hand if you did that little exercise. If there's somebody on your heart, raise your hand. I'm not picking on people. About half of you have raised your hand. Seriously, I'm only going to be a few more minutes. Think of somebody in your life that you can think of that your prayers won't go unanswered. God says that His words that come out of your belly, the words that have spoken, will not return void. 
So we prayed. Me and my wife actively prayed long before we had our father over. We loved him. And we knew what we were doing was a part of greatness, but we're like, how do we turn in on what we feel on somebody who thinks we're crazy, probably? <laughs> if I went to work and told them everything that we do on a week to week basis, they're like, oh, I had never come into your church. Never. You and I are pretty cool guys, but I'm never stepping foot in your doors. So we do, we, we just are who we are. And we can have fun and laugh, but we know that we're a part of greatness. And we don't have to attack people. But what we can do is there's things called interceding on behalf of somebody who can't intercede. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Kabunk. <laughs> Woo. All right. Jake Hamilton says, this is a place of strong family connection with prayer in the center. There will be an acceleration in the next six months of prodigals returning. Amen. Now raise your hands if anybody else that have thought of anybody else in your life see doing what you're doing right now. Raise your hand. Amen. A lot more of you. We've got a couple more things to say. Seriously, because in a minute we're going to pray over those. Jake Hamilton says he sees an acceleration of people doing family. Me and my wife, we were just driving out and we were like, we saw something and we're like, man, that didn't last long. And it was like, we were just like, yeah, you know, things like that don't last long that don't have God in the center. There's, a, there's people out there screaming for family and getting involved in so many different aspects that looks like family, looks like people that can band together and have something in common that falls apart. Every day there's a new trend. Every day there's a new trend Amen. of people saying they're doing community. But the only one true community that has stood for over 2,000 years is the church. Amen. The church has lasted longer than families, people. Blood is thicker. Not thicker than Jesus' blood. Amen. He died and rose again on the third day so you and I can be in that covenant with Abraham. That we're not of the special lineage. I'm nobody special. My grandfather actually was born in Elkins, West Virginia. In a mining, gold, or coal mining community. Parsons. Parsons. Close to Elkins. I remember I went there. and You don't see a lot of the sunshine when you drive around those parts. Not a lot of people from West Virginia. Okay. There's places called the Hollers. And I don't know why, how did, how did it become the hollers? People hollering all the time? Like, <laughs> Get up! Holler. The on! <laughs> this is the last one. Scott Thompson says, this building is not big enough. I see multiple services. You will need to partner with other churches. Eyes have not seen and ears haven't heard what will come from this place. Amen. You are great. And this house is great. I just want to speak what God showed me through this. There are some individuals in this place, and I don't know who you are. God didn't show me who, but this was just two nights ago. I'm laying in bed, and God woke me up, and He said, there are individuals out there that are looking to be traded. Back to the baseball thing. There are people who think their gifts are more valuable, and they're not being used in that sense, and their, their talent is bigger than this team that's going to win a championship ring, and they want to be traded. But there are others in your church who don't care about their value. They will take less to be a part of this greatness. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's you, but I'm telling you what, it could be something God is saying. I know specifically it's a ministry within this church that you are something great, but you don't see it yet, but your ministry is going to be even greater. And I feel it's part of worship. Some, somebody's looking up at the stars and saying, I want to be on this star. And you trust me, God is setting this house to be in amongst the stars. That more than one person is going to get the credit for it. But there are others in here that would be on that championship team and take less money, less, less importance on me to be part of a winning thing. Yes, amen. Winston Churchill said this about World War II, and I'm wrapping up, and I just want you to think of this person. We're getting ready to pray. And I think specifically it could be multiple. Like I'm just going to be open about mine as my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Mark and Megan. My heart is just burning for them right now. Because I see them wrapping up in everything in this life has to offer, but God. Amen. They have no worries with money. They got all these things that look nice, but they don't have God. Come on. Come on. In the center. If your heart isn't burning for something, somebody right now, I'm just going to pray with you right now. God, open the eyes of these people's yes, hearts. Yes, yes. Let's have a burden, Lord. That, Lord, we are part of greatness right now, Lord Jesus. That is, this greatness is way bigger than our issues going on in our life right now. Because this greatness, this burning desire is for a soul. When we said this declaration, souls and more souls. Until His return, it should be in your life, it should be souls and more souls yes. set free. Yes. Michael singing, freedom, 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 freedom. But Winston Churchill said the price of greatness is responsibility. Amen. If you want to be part of greatness, then you're, there is a catch. And it's your responsibility to have a burning... You know what? Who wouldn't mind telling me who theirs is? Who their person? John. My brother Curtis. I've met Curtis, but his not burning in me like it should be burning in you. My husband. What's his name? Randy. Randy. Jared. Jared. Amanda and Jordan. Amanda and Jordan. Rita. Rita. Sonia. Just start shouting them out. Curtis. Keep going. It's your responsibility. Winston Churchill, he's speaking of America here. He was, because before we entered World War II, we were isolating ourselves and we would have been fine as a country. And Winston Churchill makes a speech and he says it is America's responsibility. He said, if you truly want to be great, and you are greatness, but your greatness resides in you're having to be responsible. He went on to say that one cannot rise to be in many ways the leading community in the civilized world without being involved in its problems, without being convulsed by its agonies and inspired by its causes. We can't be great and we can't rise to greatness if you don't have a responsibility for your people that you just mentioned to me. Their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Stanley. I'm going to get that room. 
He's been flying around me this whole time. The price of greatness is responsibility. I'm glad we didn't have any visitors because if you've been here once, I don't have to pray for your salvation. I truly never want to leave an opportunity without an altar call of somebody to say their heart isn't lined up with Jesus. Jesus isn't living inside of you. But you all told me this is not your first time. I want you to, I want you to just hear this Psalms 1835. It says, this is David in the middle of battle. He says, you give me shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down and make me great. I just want to stoop. I want God to stoop down. I just want to pray over you with these names. I've heard a lot of them. And let's just start saying a few more. It don't have to be one at a time. Just start saying these names. Mark and Megan and Rita. Keep going. Keep it up. Keep saying. God's word won't return void. Louder. Mark and Megan. Rita. Amanda and Jordan. Curtis. Marcellus. As you keep these names coming, I'm going to pray over these names. Lord, your word is valuable to us. Lord, you are God Almighty who sits on the throne. God, you sit up and you sit down. And right now we declare the enemy is a liar. And he is not in, in Lord, he is not in control of our situation. Right now, Lord, I just declare victory. I declare these names are being sent up into the heaven. Like incense, it's arising, Lord. These names right now, these people, Lord, are feeling this right now, Lord. We declare right now. Manifest heaven in these people's lives. Let them feel something right now. Let them feel something right now, Lord Jesus. And Lord, let us have a love encounter this week, I declare right now. Everybody that said a name, you're going to have a love encounter with one of these names. You're not going to have to thump a Bible over their head. You're going to have an opportunity, whoever has mentioned any name in this place, and some of you might have to make a phone call. I'm just calling you because I had you on my heart. I'll be the first to do it. But we are part of a house yes. that is going to see thousands. But before we have that, and Jake Hamilton said in the next six months, God laid it upon my heart and says, get our families in. Yeah. I don't want to have to focus on Mark and Megan when I'm going out reaching the lost. Come on. Amen. Because guess what? Family will support you. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. But you guys realize you're part of greatness in this house. And I'm telling you what, Pastor Aaron, he has got wide shoulders. God has put him here for a time as this that we're going to explode. The yeah. sound that's going to come from here is going to, God is about ready to release the wind of heaven yeah. over his people. done, but I just yeah. I just feel led that uh, and there's somebody in here that needs prayer over yeah, a situation. Lord. Ooh, yeah, Lord. Mm. 
There's somebody that has an individual, and I'm not going to point this person. There's somebody that has an individual that is, is tugging at their heart, but they're so hurt by that person, they can't raise their hand and say, I want to pray for that person. So I just want to just declare right now that you replace that lie of hurt with that person was hurting when they hurt you. That person was hurting. That person, I feel specifically it's a man who has all hell rising up against him when he hurt you. And I just replace your hurt by forgiving that person because there is power in forgiveness. And I just declare that over this, this lady in this church building today that there is power and forgiveness and now you can forgive that person and God will do His work in that person. Yes, Lord. Amen. We are great, all three. That's it. That's all I have. But you truly are a winning person on a winning team. Listen, we're never going to lose the series. We might lose an inning. We might strike out. We might lose a game. But we're going to win every series. We're going to win every series. Every year we're going to be able to put a finger or a ring on our finger. Every year. Seriously. Don't get down when you strike out. Don't get down when you lose an inning. Don't get down when you lose a game. Because it says that the latter glory will be better than the former. Amen? Love you guys.